0: After the Apocalypse, A Pandemic Survival Story, Season 1, Episode 8, West. Janet stopped the Range Rover and threw it into park. The big car had apparently taken enough abuse and refused to keep running. The engine choked and coughed to a rattling halt. Stepping out and shaking the last of the glass fragments from her hair and clothes, she looked to see what was going on with her father's truck. It didn't look like it had crashed, more like it had simply rolled there. She couldn't see any immediate signs of trouble. It was with a sense of dread that she climbed down into the ditch to check. She could make out a person inside through the back window. She was afraid of what she would find. What horrible new discovery. Bracing herself against the side of the ditch, she reached to grab the handle of the truck door. She pulled the door open with a rusty squeak and found her father was there. He was slumped forward into the dashboard. The keys were still in the ignition and the radio was emitting an empty, static hiss. Dad! Frantically, she reached for him. She grabbed the loose denim of his jacket with one hand while bracing against a door frame with the other and pulled him away from the dashboard. But he he was gone. He looked old and small. He was barefoot in jeans and a dirty white T-shirt under the denim jacket. She struggled to pull his lifeless body back under the seat, his gray beard matted with blood and phlegm. Janet collapsed back into the weedy ditch and breathed for a moment, exhausted again and in shock. He had been a strong man. He had been strong for her, but the plague was stronger. Another rock in her life, gone. Another light put out, more death. This world continued to break her with an abrupt realization she thought of her mom she pushed the door to the ram closed and climbed the weedy bank back to the range rover janet leaned on her car and noticed the buckshot holes and the nasty scar along the side from its collision with the statue back in town a hiss and a cloud of steam rose steadily from under the hood the range rover was beaten and broken Janet left the car and hurried toward the house along the gravel drive, hedged by junipers and the smelling of decaying mulch. Her head was swimming from the physical exhaustion, the shock of finding her father's body, and the expected terror of what was waiting for her in the house. The long driveway telescoped in front of her. It was pulling her now to the house of her youth. White clapboard, shingled roof, With each unsteady step, the fear and apprehension grew. What would she find? Janet pulled the broken screen door open and entered the house. She didn't see anything immediately out of place. There were no lights on, and it smelled almost the way she remembered. A sweet melange of cedar, mothballs, and fifty years of her mother's cooking. The dark paneling of the living room made it feel small and close. A warm and familiar leather couch was set in front of an old console TV, just as it had always been. A homemade quilt was folded neatly on the cushions with a commemorative pillow from a long-ago vacation trip. Old popular mechanics and better homes and gardens issues lay in a tarnished brass magazine stand and a folded copy of the local newspaper. She heard a noise from the back of the house, She braced a hand against the wall and walked down the long hallway towards her parents' bedroom. The dark paneling was cool and smooth as she slid her hand along, leaning for balance. As she made her way, the hall seemed to run at a canted angle in front of her like a funhouse effect. Past the bathroom with its pale blue tile, past her old bedroom, and finally to the entrance of her parents' room. Janet pushed the door open and saw her mother, laying flat on her back in a bed beneath the blankets, a large cross loomed in the wall above. Was she alive? Janet fell forward to the room towards the bed. The old woman was alive, but very sick with the disease, struggling to breathe. A shaft of sunlight spilled through the partially closed blinds and silhouetted her mother's face, pale, old and wan. Janet was startled when her mother's eyes blinked open and the old woman smiled weakly. "'Mom!' Janet said softly.
1: "'Jane!'
0: her mom whispered in return.
1: "'I knew you'd come.'
0: "'Don't try to talk now, Mom. Hold on. I'll get you some water.' "'No, darling, stay. Let me look at you.' Her mother appealed through struggling breaths. Janet looked down at the frail old woman that was her mom and smiled. She sat next to the bed, reached out, and took her mother's warm hand in both of her own and lifted it to her cheek. I'm here, Mom. I'm here. Jane, your father, you went for help. Her mother croaked. Janet thought for a moment, then looked away, shaking her head slowly. He's gone. Jim and the kids, they're all gone. Her mother closed her eyes, and a tear ran down her face.
1: Jane, hand
0: me my Bible. Janet picked up the well-worn leather words of God from the end table and placed it into her mother's warm embrace. Time seemed to slow down for Janet. She may have dozed. When she roused, her mom was asleep, breathing those shallow, rattling breaths. Janet went and poured a cold glass of water and brought it to the bedside table. She went back and wetted a towel in the bathroom. Her mother's eyes flickered open again as Janet wiped a cool, wet towel across her face. "'Jane!' she whispered. "'I'm here, Mom. I'm going to take care of you. Just let me take care of you now. Everything is going to be okay now.' Her mother's look turned serious.
1: "'Jane!
0: You know you're the best of us. The best part of us. You know that.' "'I know, Mom.' "'Jane!' i've been talking to god janet tried to smile reassuringly it's okay now he said it's okay he said it's okay jane i love you baby jane he said it's okay i know mom just rest Janet said as tears welled and began to spill down both cheeks she laid her head next to her mother on the bed and gently rested her mother's hand on her wet cheek Janet lay that way long into the night even after her mother had drawn her last labored breath she was gone her dad was gone her family gone it was all gone now. Everything. Everyone. All gone. What did she have left? Nothing. The rest of the day she moved like a zombie, burying the earthly remains of her parents in a shallow grave. "'working the shovel like an automaton. "'She laid the withered remains of her mother, "'shrouded in a homemade quilt next to her father. "'She leaned on the shovel for support, "'looked down and wiped the wet dirt off her blistered hands. "'What would she do now? "'What could she do? "'Everything was gone. "'She was wrung out. "'She had nothing left to give and nothing left to live for.' Janet, loving daughter, mother, wife, who was also a hard-ass killer lawyer who never rested, who never lost, was being pounded into the ground like a broken stake. She thought for a moment that she might as well just lay down in that grave with her parents. Why couldn't the disease have taken her, too? Janet picked up her mother's Bible, and it flipped open to a section that had been held by an ornate bookmark with a picture of a saint. The banner beneath the woman in the medieval garb read, Saint Agnes of Rome. Janet read the marked passage out loud in an exhaustive whisper, Isaiah forty three five. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and "'From the west I will gather you.' "'West,' she repeated, "'as the words from the verse swirled in her head. "'She would keep moving, "'not because she had anywhere to go, "'not because of any purpose, "'but because there was simply nothing left for her here, "'nothing but ghosts, "'and she didn't have the energy to talk to ghosts anymore.' Janet closed the old Bible, bent down, and tucked it into the quilt. She picked up the shovel and covered the last connection to her old life with dirt. Janet took a cold shower and pulled on some of her old hiking clothes that her parents had stored in the attic. Jeans, thick shirt, and down vest along with a backpack. The Range Rover was dead. It had joined the soiled heap of death that was her world. She'd move west on foot. She tried to find her old hiking boots, but they were rotted out from sitting those years in the wet basement. She opted instead for an old pair of running shoes from college. They'd have to do. She threw a sleeping bag and some food in the pack along with some pictures of her family and parents and started walking. Janet slumped her way into the dirt trails and hills behind her house heading vaguely west into the nothingness of forested hills. She walked alone. Eventually, when the exhaustion overcame her and the sun was low, she sat down on a tree that had toppled onto the road during the storm. She put her head in her hands and breathed. Emotions came at her in a rush. The loss, the death, the brokenness. It all swam into her mind. She began to sob. Her shoulders slumped and heaved as she was racked with sobbing for her family, for her kids, for her husband, for everything she had lost and everything she had weathered in the last few days. You all right, miss? The voice shocked her out of her tears. Janet, startled, looked over her shoulder to see a smiling man standing behind her. He was probably thirty-five with a bit of a beer gut and a trucker hat. He had a deer rifle slung on his back in a small camouflage duffel. The man came closer. Can I help you, darling? These are strange times, he continued. Ought not to be alone out here. What's your name? Janet turned her head and appraised the man with a sideways glance. He was smiling, but his eyes were shifting around between her and the road and the woods. "'Janet did not answer. "'She watched the man's body language "'and saw it turn from friendly to patriarchal. "'Another a-hole,' she thought. "'But did it even matter? "'At this point, with nothing left, "'was it even worth fighting? "'All those years of fighting and everything gone? "'Just leave me alone,' Janet finally said flatly. "'Well, I don't think I should.' The man said, reaching out and putting his hand on her shoulder. It ain't safe for a woman like you to be alone in these times. Janet fought the urge to tense up at his touch and feigned resignation. But something, something deep inside her lit like a small fire. She may have been broken, but she wouldn't acquiesce to a man like this while she still had breath in her body. You and me, we're going to be friends now, he drawled. As he leaned over her from behind, something inside of her snapped. She remembered those Krav Maga training sessions in the city, like the uncoiling of a spring. She brought the hard point of her elbow up into the man's throat. He staggered back with a shocked look on his face, trying to unsling the rifle. But she was on him, bringing a fistful of sand and gravel into his eyes. Stop! He screamed, swinging blindly with his fists. Janet on her feet. Circled out of reach, she grabbed a rock from the ground and threw it with the fury of a thousand souls at the man's head. He screamed and dropped to his knees. The man was on the ground, curled up holding his head. Janet kicked him a couple of times, spending her remaining fury in the act. Stay down, she commanded. She took the man's pack and rifle and tossed them aside. She kicked him again for good measure. Janet knelt on one knee and leaned in close. Staring coldly into his bruised and bloody face, she said, K.J., my name is K.J. Janet straightened up to her full height and inhaled deeply. If this was the way the world wanted to play it, so be it. In fact, bring it on. She had nothing left to lose, but she also had the skills to survive. She was uniquely suited for this new world. Janet had spent the last fifteen years juggling work, life and family. Now, she only had to worry about one thing. Survival. That simplified things. She left the man to his misery and headed west into the low sun. She was tired. But she was strong now. Renewed somehow. Reborn.
1: Hello, my friends. How are we surviving this week? This is Chris, your writer and producer, talking to you live from the frozen wastes of New England. If you listen hard, you can hear the winds howling outside my office window. So today we wrapped up the fourth chapter, introducing our friend Janet, KJ the Killer. What do you think? Would love some feedback. As always would love whatever support you can lend me through sharing the story with your friends or or even with your enemies and as we build our audience and our community i'm enjoying myself but i need your shekels your ducats your real your pounds and your dinars to keep the lights on so do us a solid and go to the patreon page at patreon.com forward slash after the apocalypse all one word make a donation keep the story going This week, I'd like to thank my friend Jim for pitching in. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate the support. I've always been a fan of science fiction, and writing this story has really helped me dig into that a little bit more, think harder about the genre. Because for a lot of people, science fiction is like, you know, it's comic books, right? The stuff your 10-year-old boy or nerdy men with no social skills do. It gets the short shrift, so to speak. But I've always been a fan. I like the way science fiction creates a safe space to explore new ideas. Sort of a sandbox for out-of-the-box thinking. It's a place where authors can chew on what-ifs and not get beat up culturally for it. And I just listened to an interesting piece by Jordan Hill on the libertarian history of science fiction which was thought-provoking. He references the hard science fiction authors from the quote-unquote golden age of science fiction like Asimov and Heinlein and all those great stories. And I can remember reading those, right? Sitting down to read Dune by Frank Herbert or the Foundation series by Asimov and not being able to put them down. Literally reading through the night until they were done. But I'll share another foundational, no pun intended, story that has influenced me. And it's a book that uh, started as a pulp serial written by L. Ron Hubbard. Yes, that L. Ron Hubbard. But this was before he went nutty with the Dianetics stuff. It's called Final Blackout. And it was published in book form in 1948, and very much influenced by the world wars and that generation's experience in those wars. It has a character named The Lieutenant that is one of the best apocalyptic characters ever written. Uh, It's a bit dated now, but it's a fine piece of writing, and I fully intend to lean on it in my apocalypse. So thank you for listening. Again, if you can contribute some to the Patreon, that would be great. I'm Posting the transcripts of the shows there and other things, like these outros and character sketches. If you become a patron, you get access to those. Please share with your friends. We are four weeks into our official launch, and we're just pushing past 700 listeners. If I can get a couple bucks from 100 true fans, I can keep the project going. My friend Dave is uh, offering to have his daughter, who's an art student, do some fan art on the characters. I love that. I have a very clear sense or picture of them in my head, but I'd love to see how other people see them from the audio. That would be interesting to me. So I'll leave you with that, my fellow survivors. Next show, we introduce my favorite character so far. And I know you're going to love him as much as I do. As always, keep surviving.